Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Smackdown Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of Friday Night Smackdown. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Smackdown, but also Raw, NXT, AEW, Dynamite, pay per views. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to look ahead to tonight's Hell in a Cell go-home episode of SmackDown, which has completely ruined two previews we've already recorded for Hell in a Cell. Thanks for that, WWE. Yeah, just a heads up. Uh, I've got a half day today. I'm heading down to Liverpool because, of course, it's coming home and I want to be down there in time for England Scotland. So I thought I'll be organised. Me and Hamlet will record the Hell in a Cell preview on Thursday afternoon. What, what is going to change aside from something on SmackDown where they're probably going to have another five matches on there? But regardless of that... Nothing else is going to change. And we recorded WrestleCulture yesterday, talking all about the main event of Hell in a Cell, potentially being Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns. And then we wake up to the news today, Michael Hamblet, that it's happening tonight. But uh, is it happening tonight and Sunday? Because that's the feeling I'm getting. What do you reckon? Oh, God, maybe. Maybe. Two Hell in a Cell matches in three days between the same two men, one of which doesn't get a finish. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like... That's the sort of stuff that would have once been considered like criminal booking, mm. absolutely criminal. But these are different times. This is a different WWE. They wouldn't even call it booking anymore, probably. They'd call it like hashtag LTST. Um, yeah, like let's just be grateful, I guess, that we didn't record this preview on the Thursday as well, as we've <laughs> sometimes been known to do when there are some Friday scheduling conflicts. SmackDown feels like a relatively safe bet because even if they haven't announced stuff, like let's be honest. This is a big W for some of the old miserable bastards here that are a bit like, maybe SmackDown's not as good as you think it is. <laughs> maybe it's still ran by the same lunatic. Because, yeah, giving away your pay-per-view... Well, here's the thing, right? Giving away your pay-per-view main event days before the pay-per-view, as you say, either implies that we're not getting a finish and we've got to sit through the thing twice, or they're going to change the pay-per-view main event. Now, I don't want to spoil... Um, the end of our Hell in a Cell podcast, because I think the rest of it will hold up. But we talk about this match last in that podcast. I would encourage you to listen to that anyway, because you will get some very enthusiastic fantasy booking between myself and Adam Wilborn that mm. played into the what we believed and hoped would be the finish of the Rey Mysterio-Roman Reigns match. That involved, without spoiling it, that involved Dominic Mysterio. So mm. I put it to you that could this Hell in a Cell be being used to set up a new main event instead of just rerunning the fun? Could this instead be a Roman Reigns-led 
six-man Hell in a Cell against the Mysterios plus one. Ooh. Could Roman brutalize Ray and say, look, Usos, I've done your goddamn work because I'm the head of the table. I bring food to this table. Now you go get those tag belts on Sunday and father and son lose the belts in a tag team Hell in a Cell because Roman's left Ray a quivering mess on the Friday night and he's not recovered in time for Sunday. Something along those lines. Might this be to feed into Hell in a Cell rather than just because they're desperate to pop a number tonight and again on Sunday? I mean, at this point, I think you know my answer, and that's who bloody knows, because <laughs> it seems so obvious. Like, I know they effectively had the, the go-home brawl on last week's show with the kendo sticks and the yeeting <laughs> Dominic Mysterio <laughs> out of the ring. Like, I would have been happy to go to Hell in a Cell straight off the back of that. And by the way, kudos to, to I really like that Rey Mysterio rap bastard promo. I just thought it was really good stuff for someone who normally is quite reserved, obviously, in his promos. Uh, I, I don't know whether, like, it's hell in a cell, but they've buggered with that stipulation so much that I can see the interference of a Jay Uso, although who knows where his head's, head's at, especially after last week. Um, the interference of a Jimmy Uso, the interference of a Dominic Mysterio, causing the match, the whole thing to be thrown out. And yeah, maybe you do a, gosh, can you imagine if you do a winner-takes-all match with Jay and Roman versus... Mm. Ray and Dominic, like you say, then you don't necessarily have to have a six man. You don't have to have yeah. Jimmy trying to toe the line as well, considering that him and Roman are growing further and further apart, seemingly. But I tell you what, as much as I'm pessimistic and a bit of a cynic, and on the news, I've already said, yeah, it's ain't going to finish. I mean, I want to watch it. I'm definitely going to avoid any bloody spoilers and, you know, wake up and watch it on, on Saturday with a massive hangover. So, <laughs> yeah. I, it, as much as it is, uh, it, it's one of those things where uh, I hate always doing this on podcasts. If AEW did this, the internet would explode. But because WWE is doing it and has done it all the time, you go, ah, what do you expect? It's only WWE. Is that fair? Do we sort of give them more of a pass? Or, or is this sort of WWE storytelling and now we've just sort of drunk the Kool-Aid and kind of got a little bit used to it? I think it's all just about how you how you kind of phrase that and how you frame it. I wouldn't say it's giving them a pass. I'd say it's people not having standards. Like, for better and worse, that's not a criticism of the fan base, and I include myself in that. That's Well, I'll change that then. People either don't have standards if they celebrate this, or they don't have expectations if they just accept it. I am in the latter group, and I dare say you are too. I just accept this. I see this graphic this morning. I send you a message over our slacks saying, oh, Jesus Christ, our Hell in a Cell preview is ruined. I get that panic off my chest. And then I just accept this for what WWE is now. I think if you're celebrating this and you're toasting this, maybe have a word with your own standards and stick an episode of Dynamite on and, and see how it can still be done in 2021. See how a wrestling show can be booked because this isn't a wrestling show, it's a content show. Um, and don't get me wrong, yeah. by the way, Dynamite has issues, major issues, arguably. Yeah, absolutely, but it does, yeah. It's different, um, different type of problems. You're not they're not going to give away Kenny Omega and Hangman Page the week before All Out, just because. Like, let's as well look at why this might be happening. I don't know if this is a, a Fox push. You mm -hmm. know, I don't know if like Vince has had been needled in the back. But what I would assume is that they built the Hell in a Cell and assembled it above the building so they can do the shots tonight. They can be like, this, you know, the teasing spotlight. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. yeah. They're already in the building. So they've erected the Hell in a Cell. I've hung it above the ring for the dramatic shots tonight. And Vince is a frigging child, isn't he? Like, did you ever have that thing when you were younger where, like, if your parents actually let you pick what you wanted for your birthday, you could, but you couldn't have it till your birthday? Mm. Like, I remember having this with a few video games sometimes. It was something that came out before my birthday. I was allowed to have it, but it was like, well, you can't actually play it until your birthday. Like, 
nobody tells Vince McMahon it isn't his birthday. It's his birthday in his company, and that's his whole world, every single day. So somebody's built a hell in a cell for the dramatic, like, sort of establishing shots tonight, and he's looked at it and thought, oh, I want to play with it now. <laughs> nobody can say to this old man, this, like, this, like, just the, the depressing timeline Benjamin Button, nobody can say to him, uh, it's for Sunday, boss. They've just gone, what now? I want to play that right now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, well, it's built for Hell in a Cell on Sunday. Is that what you mean, boss? Yeah, Hell in a Cell on Sunday. No, tonight. <laughs> we'll play with it tonight. What about Sunday? I, I don't care about Sunday. Like, Sunday's, Sunday's two days away. That's six hours of sleep away. I don't need to think about Sunday. <laughs> I want to play with it tonight. And nobody can say no. So I was like, what do you mean Sunday? Who's playing it on Sunday? Uh, Roman Reigns and Mary Mysterio. Oh, I love that one. The one with the mask. He sold loads of toys. I love Roman Reigns tonight. We're playing with that tonight. Yeah. What are we going to do on Sunday, boss? I don't give a fuck what we're doing on Sunday. Like, if I give my kids Happy Meals tonight, because it's a Friday, right? And if I said to them, well, you can have this Happy Meal tonight, but you can't have another one on Sunday. The planned McDonald's trick. You, you can't have one if you're having it tonight. They'd be like, okay, well, the five and eight. They would go, yes, please, we'll have the Happy Meals tonight. Thanks, Dad. And they'll have the Happy Meals and have the toys. And then Sunday would roll around. Like, oh, we're not going to McDonald's, Dad. No, well, no, you had them on Friday. Well, we go to McDonald's on Sunday sometimes because <laughs> they're five and eight. Like they're not 70 odd and worth billions and billions of dollars. I love the fact that I am about an hour and a half into my work day today so far. And that is two separate occasions for two different reasons. I've heard Vince McMahon described as a man child, <laughs> completely legitimate, but also don't want Alistair Black, don't want Alistair Black. Uh, AW's going to play with the Alistair Black toy now. I want that toy. Give that toy back. Give it to me. That's my toy. Insane that that story's come out again today. They're like, oh, actually, turns out Alistair Black's pretty good. Maybe we should re-sign him. <laughs> what a load of bollocks that is. But, yeah, I mean, you don't leave Roman Reigns off Hell in a Cell. One way or another, he's on that show. And I would hope, uh, I mean, maybe not. Then maybe there's only going to be four matches on the show and we'll be done by, like, 2 a.m. It'd be sweet. Yeah, great. <laughs> But I sense there's going to be shenanigans like the, the turmoil, as much as all this is bollocks, the turmoil with all that, with the Mysterios and our booking, listen to the preview tomorrow. Trust me, it will be worth it, regardless of what happens on SmackDown. Sunday's a big day for a lot of reasons, right? Mm. The turmoil with those and Roman and then the Usos, which is just, I, I'm flabbergasted every week with how good this is about like, just a slow burn, like genuinely that they haven't gone right. Uh, loser leaves SmackDown match in May. The fact that they've let it lead up to this, and you know, let's let Jimmy Uso open SmackDown or whatever it may be to cut a promo, or and Jay Uso, it can, you can still be conflicted for more than one week. You don't have to go Ooh, a bit conflicted, right? No, all my eggs in this basket. There we go, job done. Like that deserves credit. The booking. And the fact that they are attempting quite blatantly to pop a big rating, like you say, for Friday night ahead of Hell in a Cell, that's one thing. But we will say that what they're doing with these well, five men is really good stuff. I think so. I, I I think there's a couple of times, it's it's just sometimes so WWE. Like, I like it too. I'm with you. I like the story. I uh, particularly have really enjoyed it. Like I think they've really ramped it up since Jimmy Uso's come back. Hmm. I was starting to feel like they were kind of leaning a bit too much on Roman doing his mafioso thing, Jey Uso looking sad, the like exposition every week. If you've never watched SmackDown, 
You're going to find out that they're related to each other. You're going to find out that Roman's the head of the table. Paul Heyman's going to cradle the belt like a baby. Like, you're going to get that every single week on the off chance that somebody is brand new to SmackDown this week because that's just how WWE presents. And that's like, sometimes takes you out of it because it's like, oh, yeah, they are playing characters. But I've really appreciated the details in the segment. The week where he intentionally mixed up Jimmy and Jay's names, like, was absolutely fantastic. Like, that, that's the sort of detail that, like, there's two ways to look at this. You either don't give WWE praise for that because it's like, well, where's that elsewhere? In the entire rest of the product, where's that eye for detail? Or you just, again, like, they're the naughty kid and you pat them on the head and you say, well, at least you've done one thing right. Mm. You know, like, you have to ignore the house on fire in the background mm. because at least they've watered the one plant that hasn't been set ablaze yet. <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, that one's growing, so well done. Like, it's just... I don't like it's. I appreciate why this isn't necessarily for everyone, but I get quite a lot out of the Roman Reigns, Jimmy and Jay stuff. And it's sort of because it's Roman and this angle's been fairly well built up, like how Ray and Dominic were folded into this, as utterly insane as it is that this match is happening tonight, and it is it's mm. bananas. It's the one story that like has given me the blind and idiotic faith to assume that there's something else beyond just a rematch on Sunday. That's what's made me think there's going to be more. If this was, <laughs> Christ, and they might actually book this. If it was Nakamura, Baron Corbin tonight, I would say to you, well, I don't care, Wilborn, because it's Nakamura, Baron Corbin on Sunday on the kickoff. Mm. And then it's Nakamura and Baron Corbin next Sunday, uh, next uh, Friday, and on and on it goes. I, My gut feeling is it's not that. Yeah, my thing is, is you didn't need this big event to pop a rating because, yeah, tonight is the battle for the crown. Hello. <laughs> I don't know what the other things have been, but this one is officially the battle for the crown, according to Postman Pierce, uh, off the back of last week's uh, same match, same match. But you know what? Crown stuff, Rick Boogs, it, it gets a, it's a ridiculous pack. We'll get to it. We'll get to it in due course. Um They've already buggered up our Hell in a Cell preview for Saturday. It, al- it always has been ever since they decided to move SmackDown to Fridays. And we were like, well, well we have to preview a baby without knowing what happens on one of the two biggest shows before. But anyway, um, more matches, do you reckon, added to Hell in a Cell? Certainly seems to be heading that way with, I suppose you can only describe it as Cesaro pantsing Seth Rollins on last week's show, ripping his drip apart, t- smashing up the ding-dong hello set, and then Bianca Belair and Bailey doing left stuff. Let's put that to one side and focus instead on Rollins and Cesaro. That's surely heading to hell in the cell. Maybe not the stipulation, but a match. I think so. I think so, but I, I wouldn't put my name to that one. Um, you know, the the pendulum has swung a little bit, in, as we can see with this main event. Um, television is king more so than the network, especially now like it's not even WWE's network. It's a thing on Peacock that they're obligated to provide content for. But increasingly, you might see things like this mad main event when Fox are the real paymasters. I wonder if they're going to take a leaf out of the NXT book here and keep this off a pay-per-view, knowing that it's something that could probably, I'm not going to say pop a number, it's Seth Rollins versus Cesaro, but it's something to talk about for a SmackDown. It's something that you can like use in the advertising as, oh, they've had this banger at WrestleMania. Then Seth Rollins is like, been like particularly violent to Cesaro. Cesaro's beaten him again and now he's returned from this awful attack and he's going to pants him one last time. You know, like it's it's a good, it's a decent TV feud that makes me think it's going to have a very, very good TV main event. Mm-hmm. I'd put it on Hell in a Cell because I just like, that's kind of in our DNA, isn't it? Is that you mm-hmm. work the television up to the pay-per-view and they've kind of, this feud is peaking again. 
and we've got a pay-per-view on Sunday that's only got five matches. So one thing seems to lead to another, but I'm not so sure if we're putting two and two together and making five here because with Hell in a Cell done, and we do talk about in the preview, a certain sense of finality about Hell in a Cell, but with Hell in a Cell done, they're going to be looking at the matches that will suit crowds and they're going to be looking at the combinations that will suit crowds. And like I think Cesaro and Seth benefited hugely yeah. from crowds at WrestleMania. Cesaro felt like a massive deal um, with an audience to respond to him, to count along to the spin, to pop as we all did for the UFO. Um, makes me think they might just try and spin it out that little bit longer, possibly even for the, the big magic Friday we talked about where, you know, if you were going to load it up with John Cena or something, there's yeah. a, like, remember SmackDown's debut on Fox where they finally paid off Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon? Like, that was the big match. Everything else was like, we got The Rock. We've got things you'll never tune in for next week. And also this one match that's actually paying off a few. Like, <laughs> feels like Seth Rollins and Cesaro could be that. Should be Hell in a Cell, the old way, but I'm not sure if we're, we're still in the old way. Yeah, I mean, technically, I suppose, there are only actually four matches scheduled for Sunday because one of them moved yeah. tonight. But <laughs> yeah, more matches surely got to be added to this pay-per-view. I mean, I've no desire to see, you know, any more of the Sheamus, Umberto Korea, Ricochet stuff, but surprising that they didn't do that on Raw. But that yet again, that could be one on Sunday afternoon if a simple tweet gets fired out and it's it's official, it's a triple mm-hmm. threat or it's a handicap match for the whatever it may be. And then on SmackDown, I don't know. I mean, they they sound, seem seem to whisper it. Finally, have recognised the talent that Liv Morgan's got. Maybe maybe a kickoff match with her and Carmella, perhaps. Yeah. Um... I could well see that. There's like there is a few bits and bobs, isn't there? So you've got this story is already starting to feel a little bit tired. Um, but the Alpha Academy and the Street Profits, uh, Otis's new face, I guess, is something that they might want to highlight on a kickoff or on a pay per view because he just looks weird with his with no beard anymore, and they might want more people to see that. He looks like Otis, um, because you're so used to the beard. You know when people do those photoshops where they minimise someone's face into the side of the head. There's a yes. particular if you Google. Chris Pratt, big head, small face. Dave <laughs> now looks like him because you're just so used to this big bushy beard at the bottom. Um, so that could possibly go on the card. Yeah, Liv Morgan and Carmella, the women's tag match that they set up on Raw, oh, set up in the loosest terms, that'll probably make it to the card. Um, there's ways to pad it out. There's ways to fill it, but you are filling with filler. So it's not nothing really particularly thrills when we think about what they might actually add to the show. And I do genuinely think if it's not if it's not Roman and Ray that's rematched on Sunday, something else on this edition mm. of SmackDown will be. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Well, we've looked ahead to Hell in a Cell. As I said, there is going to be a Hell in a Cell preview podcast with myself and Michael Hamflick coming out tomorrow. Do go and listen to it because the rest of it's all good. And our fantasy booking of Roman and Ray, regardless of what happens on SmackDown, it, and Dominic Stereo, it, it's some of the best work we've done, in my opinion. But regardless think- of that, it's let's let's look at tonight's episode of SmackDown. Because we have got some really exciting things to follow up on. I know we moan and say, well, actually, people realize, don't seem to realize that outside of the Roman Reigns sort of thing, it's not going great. It's picking up. I will say this. There's stuff that I'm invested in that I want to find out more about. Tonight is Commander Aziz's first SmackDown match. He's never wrestled. He's never done anything. He certainly hasn't had any sort of form of underground matches on, uh, I don't know, Monday Night Raw. It's his first <laughs> match. It's his first SmackDown match. All right. Yeah, I know he did some stuff yeah. in NXT with Baba Tunde. Aziz and Apollo Crews versus Big E and Kevin Owens. This is a uh, a foursome that just won't quit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, um, it is. It's, I mean, Commander Aziz goes over here, doesn't he? We can judge probably over who he beats as to who's, I guess, got more to look forward to, Kevin Owens or Big E. Neither of them are particularly hot at the moment. Owens is coming off um, another... Like a losing program against Apollo Crews, whilst pivoting back into a few of his Sammy's in. Um, yeah. So, so they might have, if they want to like offer something non-committal here, you could, I guess, have Sammy's in attack from the outside and then back in the ring, Nigerian nail and Owens is pinned as much. Sammy's in as is Commander Aziz because you know that they would rather protect somebody than just get somebody all the way over. I mean, we had this at WrestleMania a little bit with. Omos and AJ having their debut tag on the same night the Nigerian nail pops up with Apollo Crews. It's hard to ignore those similarities. It's hard to ignore the, the similarities in the act of uh, the guy that is expected to do the, the bulk of the work, followed by tagging in somebody really green, really, really green, to do two or three massive spots because they're massive people and you get the win and you're supposed to get a shock and all. And, like, it's hard to do one of them, let alone two, in a week. And I, like, I do fear for like Commander Aziz more than Omos just because Omos is bigger, ultimately. And Commander Aziz has got a slightly sillier gimmick. Mm. So, um, you know, they've, they've established his stuff as effective. He left Kevin Owens wrecked before that match with Apollo Crews where he couldn't interfere. He basically did all his interference before the bell, didn't they? And mm. Kevin Owens couldn't really recover. So they've done a reasonable job of establishing him. I expect them to win tonight. I expect him to look dominant and terrifying. And, oh, who can stop Apollo Crews and Commander Aziz? But I don't feel good about Kevin Owens and Big E's trajectories as a result. Owens will probably slide. Owens and Zayn feels like a hell in a cell thing because it's just there. 
We've had it at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like, I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I was massively excited about it, but you know what you're going to get with them. So it's okay for Hell in a Cell. But yeah, like, Big E, man. Like, I really hope they show a bit of willing with Big E soon. I, I'm clinging on to the idea that it's money in the bank next. Mm-hmm. Get through this pay per cycle and it's money in the bank next because it's really easy to build Big E up as an early favourite for that thing. And I just miss him being a prominent feature on the show and being such a positive influence on it. I think I took his Intercontinental title run for granted, if I'm honest, and now it's over. He's done so little, other than that like really awesome banger four-way they had in that main event a few weeks back. Yeah, I just don't think there's been enough profile in him. So I hope that this is the end of that and we can kind of give him a run-up to money in the bank that feels legitimate. It's almost like they had a really good storyline. They could have got him through Hell in a Cell and Money in the Bank if they weren't going to give him the briefcase. And then, I don't know, sack the bloke who uh, was... Quite <laughs> um, establishing it as part of that four-way. But yeah, I think I think Aziz and Apollo Crews win here. I think Aziz looks incredibly dominant and they go, try not to think about how this is exactly the same thing as what's going on on Monday Night Raw, as you say. And yeah, Zayn, sneaky little bastard. I will watch Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens on a weekly basis, even mm. though, you know, we've seen them so, so much. Oh, not, not recently, obviously, in WWE, but we've seen them at uh, WrestleMania and then loads prior to that when they were just stuck for something for them to do. Give Sami Zayn the money in the back briefcase. I've said it on every bloody podcast now, it seems. Or move him to Raw and make him a title contender uh, with a conspiracy theory. Who cares? Yeah, it just... It just seemed very, very straightforward. And I just feel very sorry for Big E, like you say, because creative legitimately has nothing for him because the other half of his puzzle, for now at least, is is not there, although they now want to get Alistair Black back, which is, I mean, no surprise when you look at how talented Alistair Black is, but mind-boggling that they got rid of him and then went, oh, actually, that was quite good. Yeah. Like, it, it be quite something if so it felt as if all those twitch streams that alistair black did i like alistair black like you're not my favorite wrestler anything but i liked a lot of his stuff in nxt um his twitch streams revealed so much that it bordered on people going off him a bit and there was a lot of the echoes of releases of old that say vince loved me um it was just other people there that for whatever reason just didn't Mm -hmm. see it in me it was like well all we're ever told about this company is that everything goes through one guy one insane man. So fine for you. Like, I understand why you would think, yeah, Vince totally loved me. But if he totally and truly loved you, then you wouldn't be doing these Twitch streams. You'd be sat feeling sad at the Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, he, he, so yeah, I, I felt the sense, there was a certain sense of alienation about some of the stuff that was coming mm-hmm. out from Alistair Black post-release. Um, but maybe an alienation of that sort of like small section of the fan base is what WWE craves. And maybe they've heard some of that and they'll be like, a few people think he's a, he's a bit of a dick. Well, sign him back up. Like he can, that, like they love that antagonistic troll heel sort of mm. thing. So maybe now that he's like seemingly wound a few people up, they're, they're back interested again. I, I don't know. Like I don't want to judge the psychology of Vincent Mann, but you know, if he loves Alistair Black, maybe he'll sign him back. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this uh, Angelo Dawkins Otis thing tonight. Angelo Dawkins looking for revenge on Otis uh, after that fun uh, Chad Gable Montez Ford match that Otis interfered in and then just smashed Montez Ford until he broke. I think all of his ribs, I think was the, the latest medical report I saw. But I'm a huge fan of the Street Profits and obviously Montez Ford does. 
I mean, defies gravity with some of those frog splashes. Mm. And I often feel like Angelo Dawkins is really overlooked and a little bit underrated. So giving him a chance to shine and, and fight for his brother uh, in a match against Otis, who, let's not forget, I know it's not been a year because of the scheduling thing, but at last Hell in a Cell, do you remember what Otis was doing, Hamlet? Oh, uh, was he defending the briefcase? He was. He was getting turned on like, by Cooker. Turned to, he was getting betrayed. I always say that. Every time I write these write-ups, I go, <laughs> I want to write. So will so-and-so turn on someone else? And then I read it and go, oh, you can't say, yeah, uh, Tucker turned on Otis. You have to say betrayed or go to the story. storyline. Yeah. yeah, indeed. But yeah, uh, and look at the trajectory Tucker's had since then. It's been really good and, and LTST. Mm. Uh, no, Otis was defending money that briefcase, losing it, and then not doing anything for a while. But I don't know. Maybe it's because I just constantly will Chad Gable to be more prominent and given more TV time. But him corrupting the mind of this lovable farmhand or whatever you want to call him is something, again, maybe it's because it's Smackdown. Maybe it's because, you know, we don't have to review it and what have you. I just sort of give it more of a pass. But it is something I like. And yeah, I mean, I've no idea what this is going to look like. It could be an absolute car crash. Ando Dawkins versus Otis, but I have faith, and there's a good story there. Yeah, the um, the changing of Otis. I mean, the the image upheaval is striking. Mm. Like as I said before, it's it's something that you're kind of going to want to go and see. Um, you know how Triple H got his meme when he pulled that face when Dexter Lumis was hugging Poppy, and he got what he wanted. I sense that. <laughs> I sense that's why they shaved uh, Otis. They wanted people to share an image of clean shaven Otis mm. on the socials and they, and they got it. You know, it was one of the big talking points from SmackDown and it, it like, it's nice in wrestling to have visible, like visual representation of the stories that you're telling. And I don't think they were doing a particularly good job of telling the story of Chad Gable has corrupted Otis. Otis was now using his power to do things to good guys instead of bad guys. So that's how we knew he was a, was a heel ultimately. This is a bit more like that. It's funny how like a visual alteration can make that difference. But Otis coming out with no beard and what you would expect now is for him to be all gruff and serious. It's not fun. It's not what got Otis over in the first place. You know, it's like like renaming Scotty Too Hotty Scott Cold and him just like wearing a suit instead of his baggy clothes and doing the worm. You know, he like drops a single elbow drop instead of doing the worm. Like it's this complete ridiculous 180 of the thing that people just fell in love with earnestly and innocently. But in hindsight, they probably should have experimented with this sooner. We're going to be getting crowds back in a month. And Otis has been with Chad Gable as a heel since what, the end of last year? Yeah. Like the start of this year. Like they've been together longer, but as a, as a proper heel when he turned, I think he probably was on the Street Profits, wasn't it? When he properly turned and was like proved himself to be a bad man. Mysterios it was, wasn't it? It was against Mysterios. Yes, he, you're right. That was like the start of this year. So they probably should have done this sooner. Like, let's get Otis in one of them. Like, and it's got to fit in because it's Vince. But like, get him in those like velour tracksuits that Team Angle and the and like American Alpha used to wear, rather than just like, you know, do as much as you can now with this image change to make him this, well, gigantic version of Chad Gable, basically. Yeah, I mean, like, for me... Cut the hair... Get, like get the get the matching singlet and just like all always look identical to each other now that the beard's gone now that they're moving as far away from him as a mountain man as they possibly can have him cut promos where he's 
needlessly articulate about an amateur background that none of us knew anything about. Like you can say that like he was an NCAA champion in chopping wood or something. Um, like lean into it and just see how fans respond to it because they really liked the original Otis. They really loved the Heavy Machinery Act. And that's gone now. So yeah. like give them something else properly different. Yeah, I have to tread carefully here because I mean, I'm walking this tightrope of potentially giving them something that I know Vince would love, but we'd all, we'd all hate. Like, like you say, yeah, transforming Otis is great, but I don't need to see Chad Gable taking him to elocution lessons every week, for example. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like they say, making these two a mirror of each other is great, but I don't need Vince realising that if you say, Chad, you're going to be little G and Otis, you're going to be big O, that spells go, and you can put go on a T-shirt and flog that and just get him to chant go. You know, but there is something there. And let's be honest, you'd hope at least, as much as I want to see Chad Gable go off and do his own stuff, and maybe the split is the catalyst for this, you want, yeah, when crowds come back, Otis to suddenly start reverting back to what we fell in love with. And then that moment where he just starts firing up in front of crowds and, you know, he can't say it took it because Tucky's not there anymore, but whatever, you know, a, I don't know, a ham leg or so. I don't know. I don't know. All right. But regardless, Angelo Dawkins is getting a chance to shine. I'm very happy about that. And I have no doubt him and Otis are going to produce something intriguing tonight on SmackDown. But nevertheless, that is not the main event. Neither is the Hell in a Cell match. The real main event, of course, Michael Hamlet, is the battle for the crown. Uh, last week, we got uh, the same match. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Baron Corbin. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Shinsuke Nakamura this time rolls up Baron Corbin, gets the pinfall victory. Big old brawl. Uh, it looks like finally Baron Corbin is going to take the crown. He does. He gets his hands on it. He even hoys Rick Boogs uh, over the table to, to, to make sure he can get his hands on it. And then Shinsuke Nakamura just steals it anyway. And, and uh, yeah, Rick Boogs brings it back. But it's Rick Boogs. It's Shinsuke Nakamura. It's crown stuff. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. It's like Index on, on NXT. I speak to a lot of people and they go, ooh, that's not for me. And I go, yeah, well, it is. So, yeah, who... who be the, I asked this literally last week, I realised. <laughs> who's going to be the king on SmackDown? <laughs> I thought about that, yeah. The winner is the king. <laughs> oh, Will Bond. I love when we are united by our similarities and I will never let our differences divide us. But I'm just tired, mate. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just tired. Um, if you have a couple of kids in your late 20s, your 30s are more of a train wreck than you ever imagined them to be. And I'm eight years into fatherhood and I've not even got babies anymore. I know there's going to be people listening that have got very, very young babies and they're the most tired of the bunch. I'm still pretty tired. And one of those reasons is because when my kids aren't up at the crack of dawn and they're not just up and wanting to sit like they used to be. And this is the thing, by the way, if you listen at home with a little baby, get them in a bouncy chair, put them in front of football or wrestling or anything, and they'll just love the colours. And then you get up with them in the mornings and you claim that you're doing the hard yards by doing the mornings. And in reality, you just sat there eating some porridge, dozily looking at the telly while they're staring at it too. And then just put a book in front of them on the off chance that when your other half comes downstairs, what you've been doing? Been doing some reading. <laughs> you know, you've been watching Match of the Day. Um, little top tip for you there. But yes, like my kids are awake and immediately want to go out in the garden and play football. And if it's too early for that, so not to wake up the neighbours, it's to play games in the living room. Or it is a little bit to read or to get the switch on or whatever. It's not just, oh, can we get up and daddy have half an hour on the sofa? Like that's not a game they like <laughs> for some reason. Um, and in... 
trying to find those little gaps that are just for me. Often those gaps are filled with Shinsuke Nakamura fighting Baron Corbin. Like so much in the last month, those gaps have been filled by this fight happening and two men bickering over a crown that looks like a toy. And the only reason I know it's not a toy is because WWE have done those documentaries on the network before where like Baron Corbin goes to these and look, I'm not going to judge anyone's like we've seen a lot of people's backgrounds during the pandemic and everybody has the house their own way and so they should everybody should feel comfortable in their environment baron corbin like spending money on some absolute shit. like he goes to those shops and it's like yeah i'm thinking these uh skulls and green gems will look pretty great in my dungeon room and it's like me and you are not the same brother but that's absolutely like no judgment you do you um but that's why he values that crown that's why he likes this gaudy decorative display of a tournament that he won two years ago that nobody remembers he was actually good in because it's been that long. Like that run was great and everybody's just forgotten about it. Nakamura wants it. Why? Because as we talked about last week, Vince McMahon thinks he's invented the name King of Strong Style. (laughs) (laughs) Because he heard it and liked it. He thinks he's come up with it and it's like, get that man in a crown. And yeah, Rick Boogs is is still a popper. I don't care is the long-winded answer to your perfectly short and reasonable question. I don't care. And I don't think I can have any, I feel powerless to stop this match happening for the rest of time. I, I, I'm just reading here. I think it's someone tweeted on tweeted this in the mix in amongst the announcement last week for the battle for the crown for, for this week. That's the fourth time in the last month that Corbin and Nakamura have had a singles match on SmackDown. They're doing it again. I still think whether Corbin, I maybe Corbin wins this week. I still think Nakamura nicks it and runs off with it. Right. Because, <laughs> Because they need to put it on a pole. Give me a pole match. We haven't had one of those in ages, right? Yeah. They're going to do that. And the thing is, they're going to do this. So this, that's four times. And then, like, this will be the fifth. And then they'll be six. And not, I don't know if it's going to be on Hell in a Cell or whatever. Maybe. Maybe just for a laugh. Just put it on Hell in a Cell. Do a pole match. Come on. Put Rick Boogs on pay-per-view, for God's sake. Uh, more so than when he's the old Spice guy winning the 24-7 title. But <laughs> disregarding all that, you know what's going to happen, don't you? They're going to do this. They're going to have months and months of back and forth. Who's who's the winner? Is the king? Who's who's the real? You know, the, the crown holder on SmackDown, and it's going to conclude. And they're going to, regardless. I hope it's Shinsuke, obviously. But let's just say because it's quite funny. Baron Corbin finally he grabs the crown off the pole. He pops it on his head and he goes, "Thank God, that's that dealt with." And as we heard in the news today. They're bringing King of the Ring back this year, so it's utterly bloody pointless. That's it, yeah. Like, the one week he gets it, that's when a guest general manager or Adam Pearce or whoever comes out and says, oh, yeah, great work, but time to defend it in an eight-man single elimination tournament or something like that, and he gets to have a time. I've invented... I like the poll thing. I do. It's, it's like, got a novelty about it. I've invented a stipulation about to settle this. Um yours forever the winner is the king like that's that's how you brand this the winner is the king in a shark cage dressed as Elvis let's not forget that obviously yeah he can be there as well so if we're suspending him in a shark cage dressed as Elvis on one side suspend the belt from the rafters of the building the crown sorry get it right get the crown it's the crown the belt the crown it was me thinking it was a wrestling story (laughs) the crown suspend the crown from the belt from the top of the building so that like both Nakamura and Corbin have to enter and neither of them have got possession so the Mm. winner definitively has possession of this right and then the only way for them to reach because it's quite high up the only way for them to reach this crown stick with me here is to grab a ladder from the outside of the ring bring it in and climb the ladder stick with me 
they can actually use the ladder as a weapon if they uh -huh. want to. Mm -hmm. There's just in case that one breaks. There's more ladders underneath the ring, so I I'll just I'll spitball it. Like you could have a spot where somebody goes through a ladder. A ladder shouldn't break like a table, but somebody could go through the ladder. You could suspend the ladder in the ring and then do a move to the floor. I know, a bit crazy. We get the daft on these podcasts, don't we? You call it, you ready? A ladder match. Take that one, WWE. We know you're listening. It's free. It's yours. Something new, something fresh. The people won't know what to make of it. You'll blow minds. And the winner is the king. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> We'll have to see how this one plays out. But let us know your thoughts on the battle for the crown. Rey Mysterio versus Roman Reigns inside Hell in a Cell. And all we've got to look forward to on SmackDown as we head towards Hell in a Cell this weekend, of course. Let us know your thoughts on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch you there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. You can follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Of course, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for daily wrestling podcasts, often that get completely undermined by WWE's decisions late in the day. But regardless, yeah, WrestleCulture coming later on today, previewing Hell in a Cell. We've got AEW Dynamite's preview to come later as well. And on Saturday, it is going to be the Hell in, Excel, Hell in a Cell extended preview with myself and Michael Hamplot with a storyline that is worth it, regardless of what happens tonight on SmackDown. And then Sunday night, me and Phil James will be doing the Hell in a Cell reactions live stream. And me and Michael Hamplot will be whispering about it in the small hours as we review the show. So subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for that. But this has been the Smackdown preview. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us and we will see you soon. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend <laughs> that I don't right Hold now. it in, hold on. And our current faves. In. Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership. Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to this Acast show ad-free on Amazon Music with your Prime membership. Or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.